This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Welcome to our Sunday night service. I'll tell you what, I can see you by faith out there that are watching this, but as I'm in this sanctuary, I realize more than ever that the church isn't a building, and I'm sure that you're all realizing that too, but the church is you. We are the body of Christ. We are Jesus' hands, his feet, his mouthpiece down here on earth. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just really want to give you all a great big hug because I miss you so much. Just, you know, if you're in your house watching this, your family, man, hug somebody. Give them a high five, do something. And I know you are, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, do I really, I miss you and I can't wait. I can't hardly wait for this thing to lift and be out of here so we can be together again, not just in an empty building, but be together, actually be able just to smile at each other, talk to each other, hug each other if that's permissible or whatever we can do. Wow, it sure is good to be born again, to have the love of God in our hearts, to know that Jesus is with us everywhere we go. And so I'm just excited again to be looking at you by faith and seeing you out there. And anyway, uh, you know, we just know this is the evening, but... Happy Resurrection Day again. We're so grateful that Jesus came. He lived a sinless life. He died for our sins. He was raised from the dead. He's at the right hand of the Father where he's ever lived to make intercession for you and for me. The love of God is so good. Well, tonight I'm going to be teaching on the subject, Healing Belongs to Us. Healing Belongs to Us. And, you know, for the time we live in, with all the fear all the questions, all the things that even Christians, sincere Christians question about where God is in this, what's going on. Well, I'm going to do what I've done for the last 40 years of my life. I'm going to believe the Bible. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to study the Bible. I'm going to preach, teach, and do what the Bible says to do. And I'm going to help people with the Word of God. And so I want to say this. As we begin to look at healing tonight through the eyes of the Word of God, the healing ministry has been my primary ministry, my calling, my strength since 1980. As a layman, before I was a preacher, as a church member, I assisted teaching a healing class in a large church. Then as a pastor, I taught a Wednesday morning class for years and years and years that we called healing school. And in the healing school I taught on Wednesday mornings for years, people come from uh, other churches, from other towns around, and they received healing because we taught the Word of God. And so that, that healing school that I taught, and really my healing ministry that I've, that I've basically been in for all these decades, I patterned after a ministry I learned a lot from, and their model for their healing school, and my model for our healing school has always been this, Two reasons for healing school. Number one, we want to teach people that are sick how to receive healing from God. To study the Bible, see what the Bible has to say, and teach people how to receive healing from God. It's one thing to believe that God heals, but it's another thing to know how God heals so you can receive it. And then my number two purpose for healing school is to teach people that come to healing school how to teach others. To receive healing from God. So number one, if you're sick, we want to get you healed. 
And number two, if you're not sick, if you're already healed, we want to teach you how to teach other people in your family, your friends, your realm of influence, other Christians, how to receive healing from God. And so tonight I want to start off with 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And that's what we call our communion chapter. That's where we were this morning. But I want to look at it from a little different angle tonight. We're going to look at verse 28 to 31 again. And, you know, I, I just always encourage you, have your Bibles open. Look at your Bibles. Have your notebook. Have you something to write with, a pen or a pencil or something to take notes with. And, and write things down that you hear. But this morning we talked about verse 28 where we basically majored on this morning. Let a man examine himself. And then let him eat of that bread, break of that cup. We talked this morning about your heart. Have a right heart towards God. Have a clean conscience with God as you take communion. And verse 29 says, For he that eats and drinketh unworthily, or the center column, my Bible says, literally says, in an unworthy manner, eateth and drinketh the damnation or judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And so what he's saying is this, that we talked this morning about, get yourself right. Through the blood of Jesus, we take communion. If you said if you've done wrong, if you've been a rebel, if you haven't been living right, then confess your sins to Jesus. First John one nine says He's faithful and just to cleanse you, forgive you, and clean you from all unrighteousness, and that makes you in a worthy position because you're walking not in your own righteousness, but in the righteousness of the Lord because of the blood of Jesus. So anyway, that's how you prepare yourself for communion. But tonight. We're going to look at this right here. He says in verse 29, not discerning the Lord's body. And then after that, it says, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep, or many die prematurely before their time, didn't live out their days to fulfill God's plan and purpose. But he says, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you. And so among you is talking about in the church, in the body of Christ, we're not talking about in the Baptist church or, or the Pentecostal church or the Methodist church, but the New Testament refers to the whole entire body of Christ, no matter what the church name is, where they may attend, but the church is the body of Christ. And he said, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you. And what, what reason he says? Because they don't discern the Lord's body. And so we're going to talk about that in detail tonight. But he says, for this cause, not the only cause, but for this cause, because people don't see the body of Christ for what it is, of what the Word of God teaches us. And so not, not the only reason, but it says it is a reason that many Christians fail to receive healing because they don't see what the Word of God has to say about divine healing and the body of Christ. And for this cause, many die before their time. God wants to live out our days to live long and live strong. And I'm talking to High Desert Word Center people not I know that I'm acting like you're right here in front of me, although there's empty seats. But I'm talking to you out there. And anybody else, no matter what church you go to, what denomination you belong to, the New Testament, the Word of God, belongs to all of us that are born-again Christians. And if you're not a born-again Christian, you can be. Ask Jesus into your heart, forgive you your sins, become your Savior. And then you get yourself in position to see the promises of the New Testament out of the Bible. And verse 31 says, if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. So we always want to do our part to live clean, to live right, and to obey the Bible that we know. But this verse 29 is where we're going to start looking at it. For not discerning the Lord's body. The word discern 
means to see. If you discern something, means you see it. That means you understand it. You've got revelation. This is for me. And this is what, this is what God's talking about. So if we want to receive healing from God, not just on a hit and miss cases, bases, or sometimes, sometimes think, wow, I got it that time. We want to live consistently in the blessing of God for healing and health. Then we need to see some things about the Lord's body because he said that uh, for this cause, men are weak and sickly because they don't serve the Lord's body. And so if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, then you need to write some things down. Number one, Jesus had a physical body that he lived in for 33 and a half years while on the earth. That was the body of Christ. It was the physical body that Jesus Christ lived in. And then number two, concerning Jesus' body, Jesus now has a spiritual body. And I want to look at a couple of things, the body of Christ in the, in the Bible, about the body of Christ today that Jesus lives in and lives through. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. That's just one, one, one chapter over. And we're talking about to discern or to see, to recognize, to understand the body of Christ because he said, for this cause many are weak and sickly among you because they don't understand the body of Christ. And so 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. You, born again Christians, Pentecostal, Baptist, Catholic, Presbyterian, no matter what your denomination is, God didn't give those titles, man did. God only gave you the name as a son or daughter of God through the new birth. And so it says you, every born again Christian, are the body of Christ. And I want to also look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23 says this. And hath put all things under his, under Jesus Christ's feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. The church, I want to say it again, doesn't mean the Baptist church, the Catholic church, the full gospel church, the Presbyterian, or whatever the name you want to, you want, you, that, that you want to call it. He says the church. He says, now the church is his body. Verse 23, which is his body, fulls him that filleth all Things. And so Jesus Christ is the head of the church, his body. His body is all born again believers. And I want to remind you again, what we're looking at tonight is 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22. He said, Christians, many Christians are weak and sickly, die before the time because they don't see the body of Christ. They don't discern the body of Christ. So the spiritual body of Christ today is you and me, and whoever else, whoever else around the whole world that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we are the spiritual body. Now that's important, because I want you to look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. And he's talking about the body of Christ, but we need to see some things and know some things if we want God's best, best in the area of healing and health. <clears throat> it says... Galatians 5, verse 6, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. But it says if you're in Jesus Christ, that's who being born again. He says your faith is the main thing that matters. Your faith which worketh by love. Your faith 
which worketh by love. And I like what the Amplified Bible says about your faith working by love. It says your faith is activated, energized, and expressed and works through love. Through love. In other words, that's how you treat your fellow Christians, your brothers and sisters in Christ. How you treat them going to deserve it to the degree that your faith works. And you know, I'm thinking about Saul of Tarsus. If you'll recall the book of Acts, Saul of Tarsus thought he was doing God a favor. He was not a born-again Christian yet. He is a very religious person. He thought because of the teaching of the day that, that the thing to do was to put Christians in prison and to, and to kill Christians, the ones that didn't conform to what they thought was the right religious standard of the day. But then Jesus appeared to him in a bright light, and Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Jesus took it first. Remember, he's the head. Christians are the body. And so if you're persecuting the body, you're persecuting the head. And so Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? Well, Jesus was in heaven already. But Christians were all on earth. And Jesus took it personally. When people were hurting Christians, Jesus said, you're hurting me. And then again, I think about Jesus in Matthew 25. One of the great end times teaches, Jesus said, when you visited somebody in the hospital, you were visited him. He said, when you fed the poor, you're feeding him. Jesus said, you visited somebody in prison, said you're visiting me. Jesus took it personal, he said, when you did something good for people. And so the thing is, what I'm telling you for the body of Christ today, you've got to see this and you've got to know this. If you want God's best in the area of healing and health, quit being mean to fellow Christians. If you're a Baptist and they're Catholic, or if you're a word of faith, full gospel, Pentecostal type preacher, somebody's a Baptist or whatever they are, just because they don't believe everything like you believe it, does not give you the right to persecute them, slander them, talk bad about them, harass them, deface them on Facebook, or criticize them because the church they, they go to, Jesus said, you did these least of my brethren, you did it unto me. And so we need to recognize and discern the body of Christ, all blood-bought, Bible-taught, born-again believers, even if our doctrine is not exactly the same how we think it ought to be in our church. God said, if they're covered by the blood, they receive Jesus, they're my son and daughter, and don't touch it. So anyway, that's one part of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is the spiritual body today. That's all born again Christians. And so your faith works by love. You've got to treat your fellow Christians with love and respect if you want God's best in the area of healing. So, you know, I'm just telling you now, since this was uh, Communion Day and Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day today, stop and examine yourself. How are you talking about? How are you respecting preachers of another denomination? How are you respecting Christians that don't go to your church and do things exactly the way you think they ought to do it? Jesus said, how you treat them is how you're treating me. And how you treat me is going to determine how great your faith is going to work. That's a good time to turn around and give somebody a high five in your house and tell them, I'm going to treat you like I would treat Jesus. Amen. Go ahead and say that. And just think about that for the Christians you work with, the Christians in your family don't go to your church or denomination, and start saying, I'm going to start treating them how I would treat Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. But tonight, 
What I want to talk about is not that part of Jesus' body, but I want to talk about Jesus' body that he lived in when he walked the streets of Galilee, when he ministered in Nazareth, and the places he went and the things he done. I want to look at that body tonight. And so, because he did say, because you don't discern the body of Christ. And so I want you to look at Matthew chapter 27, verse 26. And so we can receive faith for healing. We need to see what happened to the body of Christ that he lived in back then. Matthew 27, verse 26. And, you know, something that I tell, and, you know, if you're, and most of you watch are probably high, high desert word center people. What we teach around here all the time, nearly every service, I'll ask you the question. What does Romans 10, 27 say? 10, 10, 17 say? Romans 10, 17 says, So that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so as we look at these verses tonight, the reason I'm looking at these is to build faith into your heart, whether you're a high desert word center member, or you go to some other church, anywhere, because I don't realize the internet goes around the world, no matter what country you live in, no matter what state you live in. If you're a born-again Christian and you want faith for healing, then you need to see what the Word of God has to say about healing in the body of Christ. And so Romans, or Matthew 27, verse 26, such a key verse, and probably a lot of you read that this week, being be Easter week, Resurrection week. And this is talking about Pilate at Jesus all the way to the cross. And it says, Then released he Barnabas and Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. When he had scourged Jesus. And so because we major on the cross crucifixion, we overlook the scourging. And the cross at crucifixion is the main thing to major on because that God is born again. That redeemed us from a lifetime separated from God and eternity in hell. That brought us eternal life with crucifixion. But he says he scourged him all the way to the cross. And so God never puts anything in the Bible just to have it there to fill up space. Everything that God says, everything in the plan of redemption that took place through the death, burial, resurrection of the life of Jesus Christ is so critical and so good for our life we live today. And so if you've ever seen the Mel Brooks movie, The Passion of the Christ, and you know that's been out now for several years. I know I watched it back when I pastored Indiana, so I know it's been out at least 15 years or longer. But that 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 movie gave such a vivid depiction of the scourging of Jesus Christ. We saw the horrible, gut-wrenching, See, when the Roman soldier beat Jesus unmercifully until his body looked like a piece of ground, ground up hamburger. And that happened for our good. And so I want to read something I got out of a uh, book years ago, a history book that, de- that depicted the scourging that took place to prisoners back then. And Jesus was considered a prisoner of the Jews, of the Roman government. But it says a scourge was a Roman implement for severe bodily punishment. It consisted of a handle with about a dozen cords with jagged pieces of bone or metal at each end to make the blow more painful and effective. The victim was tied to a post and the blows were applied to the bare back and loins and sometimes to the face and bowels. 
The flesh was cut in several places by each blow. So hideous was the punishment that the victim often fainted and some died under it. It was designed to get confessions and secrets from its victims. And this is what we're talking about. Now, one little statement in Matthew 27 that says, and there he scourged Jesus. It says, but what could they get from an innocent, sinless one? Jesus was innocent. He had nothing to confess. And so flogging was permitted by the law up to 40 stripes. Jesus, the Jews reduced this to 39 stripes. If the, if the scourge used on Jesus had 12 thongs, he was hit even 39 times. This would make 468 stripes. If some struck at the same place and cut deeper each time, one could see how his body, because of the intense hatred back of each blow, it was demonic hatred. It's satanic hatred on Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And that, that was inflicted for the sins of the whole world. And so the tense hatred back of each blow was marred more than any other man's, Isaiah 52, 14 says. Says he didn't even look like a human being because the tense hatred behind those, those blows. And so Jesus died for our sins. He was flogged for our healing. He was flogged for our healing. And tonight, for you to have faith that God wants you healed for whatever it might be. It might be this horrible, horrible, horrible coronavirus that's going, going around the world. It might be some chronic illness you've had for years. It may be something else that's been on you or on somebody you love in your family and you need to get it off. You need to know the will of God. You cannot get saved if you don't hear from the word of God that Jesus died for your sins. And then when you know that, you call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. You cannot really have faith for healing till you know that Jesus took wounds in his body for your healing. And so we see right here he was flogged. But I will look at three Bible passages that will help you to discern the Lord's body. Remember, 1 Corinthians eleven thirty says, For this cause many are weak and, sick, weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. And so what was the cause? Not discerning the Lord's body. And I want to say this, one cause, one reason people fail to receive healing is ignorance, a lack of knowledge of what Jesus did. And so the answer for ignorance is to study the Bible and learn what belongs to us. And so I want to go back and see this first reference to Jesus being flogged for our healing. In Isaiah chapter 53, we're going to look at verse 4 and verse 5. Isaiah 53, verse 4 and verse 5. And the book of Isaiah was written approximately 750 years before the birth of Christ. And how many know that God knows more about the future than you even know about the past? And so God prophesied through the prophet Isaiah the redemptive work was going to take place through Jesus Christ 750 years in advance. Here's what God had to say about Jesus dying for our sins, about the flogging he took on his back for our healing. Verse 4 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs, and my center column says that word griefs means sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, and once again, center column says carried our pains and diseases. Jesus took 
our sickness, carried our pains and diseases, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. That sounds to me like the beating that Jesus took at Calvary. This says he was wounded, wounded, or pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised. And the Hebrew, the center column again says this bruised, says this, blows that cut in. Bruised, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, with his stripes, we are healed. With his stripes, we are healed. So the prophet Isaiah, by the Spirit of God, saw that not only was Jesus going to be crucified, but also he saw the Roman scourging, that Jesus was scourged for our sickness and diseases, so the Bible could say, with his stripes, with his wounds, we are healed. And now I want you to go to Matthew chapter 8. And I want to look at verse 16 and verse 17. I'm thinking about this. Isaiah was past tense looking into the future. And then Matthew at the time was present tense telling what Jesus was doing. And so Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and verse 17 Jesus Christ, by the way, according to Hebrews 13, 8, is the same. Yesterday, Old Testament. Today, the time we live in, New Testament times. And forever, he'll always be the same future tense. And so verse 16, Matthew 8 says this. When the evening was come, they brought him many that possessed with demons. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. And so verse 17 then says this. Referred back to Isaiah 53 we just looked at. Healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. Took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. That's Jesus fulfilling Old Testament prophecy. And so Jesus wants you healed. He not only took your sins but he took your sicknesses. He wants you to be healed. But you've got to have faith to be healed. And faith not something you pray for. Not faith not something that just a few people have. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So we see tonight in the Bible. That if we discern and see. What took place at Calvary. Not only did he die for our sins. But the Roman cat of nine tails. Beat him so unmercifully for our healing. Then we're getting a hold of something. Then when we pray, then when we ask for prayer, we can have some faith that we're praying in line with God's will, because God's will is the Bible. Jesus was beat so we could receive healing. He took our infirmities and he bare our sicknesses. That's past tense. He already did that. Now I want to look at First Peter chapter two, verse twenty four. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it was prophesied to Isaiah 53 before Jesus was even born, what he would do. Then Matthew chapter 8 tells us he's actually doing it. And now 1 Peter chapter 2 is looking back at Calvary, what Jesus did. So 1 Peter chapter 2, 
says this, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. If you're a born-again Christian, whether you're a Pentecostal, a Catholic, a Methodist, Presbyterian, Baptist, Holiness, Church of God, whatever you are, if you're a Christian, you're a Christian because you believe that Jesus buried your sins as a body on the cross. Because if you don't believe that, you're not a Christian. Because the Bible says to become a born-again Christian, you've got to believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and he died for your sins. And God raised him from the dead. And so this verse right here, if you're born again, then you believe this verse. He says, he bare our sins in his body on the tree that we be dead to sins. We have a brand new nature. We're new creatures in Christ. We do not have a sin nature anymore. We have the righteous nature of Jesus Christ in our spirit. It says that we be dead to sins should live under righteousness. Because we're dead to sin in our heart, we have the Holy Spirit in us. We should live right. It says that. But then look at this last part of the verse. By whose stripes ye were healed. He's talking Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5 again. He's talking Matthew 8, verse 16 and 17. He says, Jesus took our sins. We're dead to sins. We ought to live right. And then he says, by whose stripes ye were healed. And so we're not trying to get saved. We are saved to believe what Jesus, because we believe what Jesus did on the cross for us. And so as Christians, we shouldn't be trying to get healed. We ought to recognize that God says we are healed. And I'm not talking some kind of positive thinking, mind over matter, anything like that. We need to know from the word of God had to receive healing from God. God says that when he saved you, he healed you. Now I know if you're sick. You're sick. That's on your physical body. When it's sick, God says you're healed. So how do you receive healing from God? Well, the Bible tells us several things. In James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, it says, Call for the elders of your church. Let them anoint you upon the name of the Lord. And it says, The prayer of faith will heal the sick. So you can receive healing in your body that way. Or Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18, says, Believers lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus. They shall recover. And so you got to have hands laid on you in Jesus' name and receive healing from God. And then communion says you discern the Lord's body and you receive healing at communion time. Or you can pray the prayer of faith yourself. You can ask the Father in the name of Jesus for healing and then thank him that you receive. But the main thing we want to see today, that as a Christian, healing belongs to you. I like to say it this way many times. The Lord said it this way to me years ago. Healing is not just a Bible promise, it is, but it's more than that. Healing is a Bible fact. And so today, just take to heart these verses I share out of the Bible, look at yourself, study them, and then receive healing from God if you need it. Healing belongs to you. It's a Bible fact. Amen. And now I want to talk to you about what time it is, high desert word center people. If you were here right now in front of me, and by faith I see you sitting out in front of me now, it's happy time. Raise, raise your hand, need an envelope for your tithes and for your offers, we would say. But I want to say this. Jesus wants you blessed. He's not always ever going to do about your blessing. We know that. 
But Jesus says, one thing you present yourself for blessings is be faithful with your tithe to him and be a faithful giver. And I want to look at a verse tonight as we receive it. I know you can't uh, bring your tithes and offer it up to altar tonight, but you can't worship Jesus with your tithe, with your offering there at home where you are. But Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8. I've thought about this verse a lot lately. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8, if you look at home with me, says, Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall receive of the Lord, whether it be bond or free. Whatsoever good thing any man doeth. And you know, I think about tithes. Your tithe belongs to the storehouse, your local church. If you are watching, you go to a church somewhere and you're a faithful member, then send your tithe into your church. If you're watching, you don't have a church and you want to give a tithe to God, then you're more than welcome to send it here. But find out who your church is as soon as you can, and then be faithful tithe at your church. But anyway, what I'm saying here concerning that offering, say, what's every good thing a man doeth, the same shall receive of the Lord. Well, since these things have been going on, our church and my family personally have been sending offerings to missionaries and to ministries that we know that need money at this time. We've been doing that out of our own pocket, sending things out of the offerings of the church. Been sending offerings. And this week, from another believer from another church in town, we received a really, really, really good offering in the mail that said we were just on as hard as the church because we've been such a blessed community. We're on their heart to send us an offering. So he did. And so we received that with love and prayed over it and thanked the Lord and thanked him. And it's bad for sending that offering. So I'm telling you, as you give, always recognize you're giving to the Lord first and then to his people. And so anyway, keep the tithes and offerings faithful to the Lord and God will be faithful to you. And now, let's make this financial faith confession and uh, say this with me. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raise them bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, fines and money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings increased. Thank you, Lord, for being all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give just into the kingdom of God, both the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. We love you, and you're getting ready to have this great confession over the city of Barstow, and I and you will be able to see each other very soon. A high five, a hug around the neck, and we'll respect social distance, all that kind of stuff we're supposed to do, but we love you. We know you love us too, and we appreciate that. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org. 